Hello there, friends. Long time no see. Welcome on back into our show, episode 49 on, of Around the Wire underway. Uh, and we're going to be down a fella tonight. Chad uh, is a little, little busy tonight, but it's no big deal because we still got Justin and myself here. Uh, Justin, it's just two of us tonight. How you doing here, buddy? Uh, pretty good. I mean, I'll be honest, I've, I have been more excited to do episodes before uh, with all the sports stuff that's going on. Um, usually I like coming on here and taking a victory lap around Ohio state and the Browns, but can't do that this week, but we'll, we'll make it, we'll make do. We're not going to be able to get any insight from the Cavs about the Cavs from Chad tonight. Uh, you know, I mean, just, it's not the same without all three of us, you know, um, but we've done it before. Hell, we talked to, what's his name? Chris McNeil, uh, one time and it was just the two of us. So we can do it. We've done it before. Hey, we're like the Browns. We're just down some men right now. We're going to have to rallied together and keep the, the ship moving. So um, so let's get into some things here, uh, Justin. It's been, uh, first of all, ho- hopefully everyone had a nice Thanksgiving, spent time with some family and friends. You know, that was the nice part of our college break for everybody who's going to college, you know, and at least in Ohio. Um, meanwhile, the weekend, on the other hand, was a little rough uh, for us sports fans. Obviously, Saturday was not a good start to the weekend, you know, even though, you know, we're still 18 and two in the past 20 years against Michigan, but you know, Michigan got a win this year. Um, you know, they had two years to prepare and, uh, you know, they played back-to-back home games against us in the rivalry, you know, but who cares? You know what I mean? And then Sunday comes around and, uh, you know, despite four interceptions, we, uh, we, the Browns, uh, didn't get it done against Baltimore Ravens, and now we're six and six, staring down the barrel of a possible miss in the playoffs this year. But uh, anything can happen. Still, a lot of football left to play. Um, but let's get into some, let's get into it, Justin. Uh, do you want to hit on the Buckeyes first? Or do you want to talk about the Browns? Which one? Do you sure. Let's, let's start with the Buckeyes. Okay, let's start about the Buckeyes. Um, it was a tough one on Saturday, 42-27. Michigan got the fifteen point win. Uh, Jim Harbaugh finally gets a win over Ohio State after you know, really seven years because he didn't play us last year. So in his seventh year, finally gets a win. Um, he's now one in five in his career against Ohio State. Um, but give, you know, as, as much as I hate them, you have to give them credit. You know, they were the better team that day. And uh, Tell me, Justin, what, what were the reasons why Ohio State fell? You give me your analysis. Well, um, when it's cold and it's hard to throw, I mean, we still, Stroud played good and everything. Um, mostly I would put the game on the defense. Couldn't get a stop when we need one. Couldn't get a stop all day, really. Uh, you got to be able to run the ball when it's cold, and Michigan did. And as a opposing team, you got to be able to stop the run, and we could not. And we talked about this during the game. It was frustrating watching uh, the D-line get manhandled, and then the linebackers couldn't make tackles. And, you know, uh, 10 or 15 yards every rush, it seemed like, for Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. Um, but, yeah, their running game just got the job done for them. And uh, credit to, to Stroud and some of the catches that uh, Smith and Jigba and Wilson made and Olave, those three were still going and everything, but um, couldn't, couldn't match. It, it kind of felt like the Oregon game where we would get down by two scores or whatever and we couldn't get the stop to then catch back up. So um, disappointing for sure, but 
definitely you got to give Michigan credit. They played better that day and uh, they earned that win for sure. And to be honest, that was the first one recently where I was going into it feeling like really confident that we would win because this offense is humming. It's one of the all time best offenses uh, numbers wise in college football. So wasn't expecting that, but Hey, happens. No, you know, yeah. You know, like in the cold in December in college football and football in general, you got to be able to run the football and you got to be able to stop a run. And that's what we didn't do on Saturday. We really didn't run the football that well. Um, you know, Travion Henderson is a great running back, but he just, you know, and it's, I don't think it was all his fall offense line. There's both, both the trenches, both sides of the ball got, got dominated. Um, and as much as we have great receivers and, and CJ had a solid game, wasn't his best, but it was solid. Um, it was just not enough, you know, and, um, and defensively um, it's been an issue all year. I think it's been kind of, we kind of, forgot about it because we were able to play some teams that just can't match us athletically, you know, with you know, obviously Akron, no disrespect. Um, but it's, it's just, we're just being honest, you know, and, and then you got Rutgers, Maryland, they still match up physically or physically, athletically with Ohio state. But then when you get to play some of these teams that are, you know, built, especially Michigan, who's built to run the football and stop the run, you're just going to have issues. And that's the kind of team we had this year. We're, we're a finesse team. We're a team that likes to stretch you out and, 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 and nickel and dime and deep shots. And it just didn't, wasn't enough, you know, and, and give credit to Michigan. Um, you know, we, we, Ohio State has not recruited really good linebackers in 10 years. Um, we've had solid linebackers. I mean, the best one's probably been Ryan Shazier, but other than that, we really haven't had a, a linebacker that I can sit back and look back and say, damn, he was really good. You know, I mean, we've had solid ones, no doubt, but you know, there's a reason why a couple of years ago we had slow feet beat and, and, and tough more that there's, why we call him slow feet beats? Because he's slow. Hey, Pete's pretty good right now on the Saints. Well, yeah, I get it. But again, it wasn't a guy that was like, oh my God, he was such a great linebacker. We've had great defensive linemen, obviously the Boza brothers and Chase Young and all those guys. And But, you know, when you don't have a stud pass rusher, which Ohio State does not have, uh, you got to be able to win with your front seven. And our front seven was our weakness this year. And plain and simple. And that was exposed on Saturday. And, um Hopefully it's a lesson learned for Ohio State. You know, I, I'm, I'm still completely confident that we are the better program in terms of the football team that we produce. Um, but shit happens, you know. I mean, Alabama's lost to Auburn before in my lifetime. You know, I think Alabama's still the better program. Am I correct by saying that, you know? Um, they had a dog fight on Saturday, too, with Auburn, four overtimes. <laughs> hey, I, watched the whole, I watched the second half. I was traveling back from a, uh, an event. Um, it was a great game, though. But, um, you know, stuff happens. But, um, you know, I mean, it makes the weekend kind of stink. You know, now you got to hear all the, the inflated egos of all the Michigan fans who have been beat down in the ground for years. And now that they got to win, they're just top of the mountain. And, you know, now nobody can compete with them. I can't wait for the college football play. First of all, they got to get through Iowa, which, by the way, Kirk Ferentz knows how to coach a football team. You know, I mean, that's going to be style meets style. And it's just going to clash. And who's going to have the tougher men, you know, and, Hey, those those Iowa boys are corn fed out there. You know what I mean? So, you know, anything can happen in the Big Ten Championship. We've seen that in the past. Um, and the Buckeyes, I mean, they're still gonna get a New Year's six game. You know, I don't know who it's gonna be, but we'll we'll maybe we'll get the Rose Bowl, you know. I don't know. What 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 team do you think Ohio State will most likely play, you think? Um so that's that's interesting because we'll be obviously outside the top four, probably somewhere like what would you say like seven to ten range well we're seven right now yeah and then maybe oklahoma 
Ohio State, Oklahoma. Uh, don't know who's going to coach Oklahoma. But, well, actually, we do. Bob Stoops. But Bob Stoops. Uh, in the future, I don't know. Um, actually, it's kind of good leeway into my whole question of the day, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, maybe we'll play hell. Maybe we'll play Oregon again. You know, who knows? That, that's a possibility because if it's a Rose Bowl, it's usually Big Ten, Pac-12. You know, those are the two teams. Maybe Utah. Maybe Buckeyes in Utah. Or maybe if we play like the – I think the Fiesta Bowl sometimes is Big Ten and like ACC. So maybe like uh, Wake Forest in Ohio State or Notre Dame. Maybe we'll play Notre Dame. We'll see who, by the way, they just hired a coach. Literally, I just got a notification two minutes ago. Um, but they also just lost head coach too. So um, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I mean, you know what they should do? What's that? We should go to whatever, the Fiesta Bowl or whatever, and then they should just put in Clemson so we can beat the hell out of them this year. Oh, yeah. let's see that. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, with that front seven, anything can happen. Because, I mean, we've seen um, – I mean, Tulsa ran pretty well on us. So, I mean, I don't know if anybody can I – mean, I don't know. But, I don't know uh, if they can keep up with us on offense. Yeah, I don't know. But it, but don't worry. They also have that Brent Venables defense. I don't know if you've heard of it. But Brent, Brent Venables, I mean, he's the best defense coordinator of all time. Brent Venables, oh, my God. Jeez. Skeletor. Skeletor, yeah. I mean, Superman defense with Brent Venables. But uh, – so, you know, I mean, Ohio State, we'll wait and see what happens. You know, we got to wait after this weekend and, and see what the, the playoff committee comes up with. And um, we'll just uh, root for them no matter what. You know, this is not going to be our championship year, but can't win them every year, right? So, anyway, but we were talking about some college football teams that lost some head coaches. It's a perfect leeway into our poll question. I'm not going to play some dumbass music in the background because it was just a disaster last time I tried it. Um, but here's my poll question of the day, Justin. I'm going to ask it just for you, obviously. Um, Obviously, we saw Oklahoma, Notre Dame lost their, their two head coaches, surprisingly. Um, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma goes to USC. Brian Kelly goes from Notre Dame to LSU. So the question is, are either one of those two men a dick for what they did, Justin? Um, so definitely Brian Kelly, I think. Oh. Just to me, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the way he handled it was not great. You should, as a player um, – playing on a team, you should never hear something about your coach not from them through the media before they tell you, especially a big career move like that. And then also, can you not just wait like another month or so, play the last game and then make a decision to kind of uh, bookend that your time with those uh, athletes that you've been working with and uh, help helping them succeed and everything. So definitely Brian Kelly, you know, give him a text message. Hey, See you later. Um, I'm keeping it moving. I'm out of here. And then, by the way, come to a team meeting. I sent this text message at 2 in the morning. You're going to be in a meeting uh, at 7 in the morning to talk with me, and I'm going to tell you the same thing I just told you. Um, so did not like that move. And then Lincoln, uh, that was the other one you asked about, right, Lincoln? Yeah, Riley. either one. Um, so him, to me, the only thing about it is – um, the same thing where he left before the end of the bowl season or whatever. But when you look at some of the numbers that are reported about what he's getting in, at USC and everything, I can't really fault the guy. It's just that he didn't finish the end of the year. That's what I can understand. But I mean, when you get hundred million, uh, they're reportedly going to buy his two houses in Oklahoma for way above market value. And he gets a 24 seven access to a private jet in USC. Uh, I don't think anybody's passing that up. And plus, Lincoln Riley, young guy like that, feels like a Southern Cal kind of guy. You know, just give, give me the bright lights, the sunshine, the warm weather. Uh, 
and he's going to try and revive a program that's been historically really good, but lately the past five to 10 years has kind of been down in the dumps ever since, you know, Pete Carroll left and whatnot. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see what, what happens there. They're already getting some of those five-star recruits that were going to Oklahoma already flipping and they're going to USC. So, you know, it's going to be, they're going to have some foundational pieces that they can build off of. We'll see what kind of season they have coming up, but uh, can't, can't fault Lincoln Riley too much. I mean, when you get that kind of package offer, yeah, you know, it's hard to turn that one down. And especially with Oklahoma moving to the SEC, they're going to lose some of that prowess of being a you know, big-time program because they're going to have to compete with Alabama and LSU and even teams like have to Auburn, play defense. Auburn so Florida, you know, two teams like that, Texas A&M. So, I, you know, maybe it was the right time, right move. Brian Kelly, I don't know. I've never been a fan. And he did the same thing when he left Cincinnati to Notre Dame, you know, just kind of left quickly, didn't finish the season with them, uh, got scrutinized heavily by Cincinnati fans and I, Brian Kelly just you you look at him I don't know you, you ever have you ever meet people Justin that like you, you don't talk to them but you just look at them and you just think to yourself I don't like that person just the 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 I don't know just the I the the personality aroma that they're just weaving off of them I don't know just I, he just doesn't look like a guy that I would be too friendly with and, and you know he just ditches his team, a really good football team too. Notre Dame, that's a historic program um, to go down to LSU. So I, I don't know. I don't have much respect. A four minute meeting at seven o'clock in the morning. He's leaving, seen leaving at 7.11 a.m. After calling a meeting at seven o'clock in the morning. Are you shitting me? This is Notre Dame. This is an eighth grade peewee football. I mean, we're talking, we're talking a blue blood college football team, but. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, on top of that, he killed a kid. 2010 there was a practice going on when it was super windy and they had a uh, it was a student videographer was up on one of those like um what are they called like the machines that have like a a platform that go up and down okay i see and it was super windy and it fell over and the kid died and they meanwhile ohio state you know this was in notre dame indiana um ohio state had practice the same day they called it off because of stuff like that so um yeah not a great pedigree and now he's having to replace coach O, and that's just two very different personalities there with brian kelly and ed orgeron so um i don't know i I, now i'm kind of rooting for alabama now in that rivalry just because i don't really like brian kelly so hopefully next same kick his ass a few more years until he retires so anyway um Speaking of college football, might as well dive into the rankings a little bit. We saw the top four came out. Um, obviously, we have Georgia at one. Michigan, after being Ohio State, jumps up to two. Alabama, three. Uh, and Cincinnati, four. Cincinnati hanging on by a thread, by a thread at the four spot. Um, happy with those rankings? Any op- opposition to any of it? I mean, keep going real quick, just real quick. Oklahoma State, five. Notre Dame, six. Ohio State, seven. Ole Miss, eight. Baylor, nine. Oregon, ten. Um, any opposition there? Uh, not really. I kind of, I like the ranking there. I think Michigan, you beat the number two team. You deserve to go to number two. I think that's, that's fair to me. And then um, Notre Dame, I mean, especially we were talking about this last night. Now that they're, they're apparently taking into account the coaching now uh, when it comes to the playoff situation. So, and I already think, I already didn't think they were a, a top four team. They're pretty good, but they got, their doors blown off by Cincinnati at home. So um, to me, that eliminates them. 
the only thing, and uh, I think this is what everybody thinks, is it'll come down between Cincinnati and Oklahoma State for that, that number four spot. And um, I'd like to see Cincy in it if they win, obviously, but can't really complain if Oklahoma State's in there. I mean, they're, uh, they would be, if they win, uh, a Big 12 champion, which means more. And, yeah, they're, they would yeah. be a top four team, I think. But we'll see what happens. I'd like to see Cincy get in there, though. I'm yeah, kind of pulling I, for him. You know, I – Again, I, I, I've been a, a fan of Cincinnati. I, I'm, I'm an advocate for them. What else do they need to do? They've won every game on their schedule. What else they can won... they do? Exactly. That's what I mean. They've won every game on their schedule. They beat a, a ranked number six team, according to the, the playoff rankings, at their place by – was it double digits or like a nine-point game, whatever? It was – I think they it was double digits. The game. I think it was had like control 15. The game. Yeah, had control of the game. Um, I, I mean – they, if they win their con- now, obviously if they lose, then that's gonna they're knocked out because they're on thin ice because they're a smaller level team. But what else can you have them do? You know, it'd be I think it'd be wrong to punish them for winning, and then if Oklahoma State would win, I, I think that's just wrong to punish them, in my opinion. Um, so I think Cincinnati should get a shot and just see what happens. I, honestly, I mean, I don't expect them to beat Georgia. I don't think anybody's gonna beat Georgia, honestly, but. Um, it's kind of hard for me to punish a team for winning. So, I mean, when it comes to that, I mean, Georgia, Cincinnati, uh, I mean, Georgia would probably win by three touchdowns. I'm assuming, um, I don't know, Michigan, Alabama. I've not been that impressed with Alabama, if I'm being honest, but it's Nick Saban can never count him out. Um, with weeks a, to prepare. With weeks to prepare. Uh, Jim Harbaugh does too. Jim Harbaugh's got a team there. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Michigan-Alabama would be a good game. It would. Two physical teams. Uh, I think it'd come down to quarterback play. You know, I think Bryce Young is hell of a lot better than Cade McNamara. Um, so, because even though Michigan won, Cade McNamara was not special. I mean, he didn't even throw the ball much. He had that one interception. And he just They just kept running it down our throat. He didn't need to be special. You know, give him credit. But um, that'd be an interesting game. So, maybe it'd be Oklahoma State-Ohio State. That'd be a good one. Two yeah. high-scoring offenses. That'd be interesting. Um, hell, we'll play Ole Miss. I, I don't give a crap, but give me Ole Miss. I don't care. Let's play Matt Corral. Maybe. Yeah. That's uh, another thing I was thinking of um, as far as uh, a case for expanding the playoffs. Obviously, we talk about the group of five teams. There's always – it seems to be one every year. It's been Cincinnati pretty consistently. Um, Coastal last year, U- UCF, uh, some of the smaller schools – um, that's always been a case for it, but also I feel like there's a team that sneaks into the top 10 every year. That's like not usually in the top 10, like a wake forest, like was in there for a little bit. Like, I'd like to see them get a shot at, you know, playing for a national championship. Cause that'll, that'll attract more people to go to there and go to other schools. Cause they know, Hey, we'll have a shot too. We don't have to go to Ohio state, Alabama, all them. So I don't know. I think I think I'm preaching to the choir here. I think we're in agreement about expanding the playoffs, but this is another uh, another little argument I thought of. Yeah, you know I'm 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 a fan of a 12 team of uh, 12 team playoff. Uh, top four seeds get a buy. The first round, like five versus 12, all those would be the higher seed hosts that round. Then after that, you go into bowl games, some more outside bowl games, and then you go to your playoff games, and you can host it at a a major like. I'm trying to, so like, let me give you an example. So top four teams. So then Oklahoma state would play BYU. 
Okay, it would be in Stillwater. Okay, and let's say Oklahoma State would play the winner of I think they play the winner of Ole Miss Baylor. Okay, at Ole Miss. Okay, so let's say Ole Miss Oklahoma State win. Then you would play at the Sugar Bowl or the Peach Bowl. You know what I mean? And then from there, or excuse, you get the point. I'm not saying it right, but you go from home team hosting to a bowl game site right. to then the playoff games, the two playoff games that you have right now would be same day, same venue. So like afternoon could be whatever. And then the nighttime game, you know what I'm saying? Uh, at one spot. So Jerry's world, super dome. I don't Jeez. care. Imagine getting like tickets for that. Oh my God. That'd be insane. It'd be like a, you get a double ticket for both. Yeah, it's like games. March Madness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Multiple games at the same venue in the same day, you know, do one at three o'clock or three 30 and then do one at eight o'clock. I think that'd be fun. So, and then national championship, you can move that, or if you want to keep it at the same place, I don't know, but whatever. I think that'd be fun. So, but hopefully that comes down the line right now. We got what we got. So uh, we'll just see what happens. Pulling for Cincinnati, pulling for the Ohio school to get in there. I mean, technically Ohio state still has like a one to 2% chance of getting in. If all the, the chips fall in the right direction, we still have a shot. Um, what if everybody like, loses? Iowa, Iowa beats Michigan. Okay. Alabama, Alabama beats, beats Georgia. Georgia. So those two would probably get in. Those mm-hmm. two lock a spot. Cincinnati lose. Cincinnati loses. Oklahoma State loses. Notre Dame. Do they play? Does Notre Dame play a game? I don't know what that was. But <laughs> Somebody huh. in the, the hallway here. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think they I do. There, are they in the ACC? Or are they just an independent? Oh, that was just last year, okay. I believe. Um, yeah, I don't know because this is championship weekend, and then Army Navy is next weekend, right? Because that's yeah. always like on a separate day or whatever. We get that. By the way, Army Navy, the uniforms. Holy shit! I mean, those are some nice uniforms. Yes. Um, I mean, navies are nice, but I got to pull with the army. You know, I mean, Dad. I'm with Nar- I'm with Army every year. Dad, my grandfather, we're both Army veterans, so I got to pull with the Black Knights. Yep. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, so Georgia-Alabama, let's say Alabama wins. I mean, those two probably get in because Georgia's still hell of a football team. Uh, and it's a toss-up for the rest of it. Cincinnati loses, they're done because they're on thin ice. Oklahoma State loses two losses, they're done probably. Notre Dame will probably get a, a spot. So then you have one left between Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Ohio State. Maybe Iowa because they have two losses and they won a Big Ten. No, there's still a shot. Yeah. I mean, would you put Michigan above Ohio State because they beat them in the head-to-head? Maybe. But Ohio State beat out, blew out a team that they lost to, so I don't know. Anything could happen. If they're looking at stats, Ohio State, I think, has better stats, you know. So, I don't know. There, there would be a possibility, but the odds of that happening are slim to none. So, yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's enough for a little bit of college football. So, that's just our well, thoughts. One more thing. Oh, please. Please. Uh, just – Real quick, uh, Akron. Obviously, they fired their their coach. Uh, oh, it's it's it was been almost a month. They've had an interim coaching. Uh, they're zeroing in on the offensive coordinator, uh, Joe Moorhead from Oregon, and he's from really? Akron. He actually he was their OC for five years, and now they want him to come back and be the head coach. Which is you would never uh, expect somebody to go from Oregon to Akron, but he's from here, so it would make sense. And uh, that would be a, a Pretty big hire, I think. Morgan, he, well, so he was at Akron. I know he was at OC at Penn State for a bit. Mm-hmm. Then he got a, the job at Mississippi State, and that didn't work out. So then he goes to Oregon, 
has had a nice season there. That'd be interesting. He'd probably he'd probably be the best uh, or the most notor- the most popular coach in the MAC. Uh, I mean, I can't think of any others to be completely honest. Hey, Scott Luffler's got a hell of a coaching staff. No I'm kidding. Um, anyway, um, that man's out of a job in a couple of years. But oh, my record. I guess I am. Oh well. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be a good hire because I think people would come play for him. You know, got some notoriety, got some got some prestige. That'd be that'd be a nice hire. So, but we'll see. Hope they get him. Uh, I know they're looking at. We were talking about Larry Johnson, which was he's from there, but it was unlikely. And then uh, another one that, that was interesting was the Akron Hoban head coach for football, but they're still playing in the playoffs. I think uh, they got quite a, a dynasty going on there. Yeah, but yeah, Joe, Joe Moorhead would be a nice coach. That'd be a nice move. Or maybe, maybe they'll get, maybe they could get Kevin Stefanski because, you know, we'll see how much long. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> coach, uh, that's nice. Anyway, segue into the Browns. Um, uh, you know, you know, Justin, I, when the Browns lost to the Steelers, I, I got a little frustrated, but I cool, calm myself down, watched the Bengals game, got a lot, felt a lot better. Obviously, that came down with the Patriots game, but then they will beat the Lions, you know, so win's a win, you know, and I'm in my book, so, you know, feeling all right. And I watched that Browns-Ravens game, you know, it was low scoring, it was going to be ugly. Every game the rest of the year is going to be ugly with the Browns, but they're going to have to find a way to just keep themselves in the ball game, give themselves a shot. And boy, man, that defense was flying around. They were doing everything they could. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa was a star on Sunday. Man, was he all – he is the one guy – the Browns finally have a linebacker who can beat Lamar to the edge. Yes. Or at least keep with him to the edge. And that plays a big role in that defense. Um, Because it's – we keep Lamar in the pocket, and then Lamar does what he does and throws four interceptions. Um. But, man, it just – that's the game. Like, I actually – I got done watching the game, and I just had to put my head down in in pain because it just it just was so deflating because it was right there on the road. That would have been a huge win for that team. On the road, division leader, and, and you get a win, and it's deflating. It's deflating. Why do you think why why do you think we lost Justin? If you had to point the finger at one person, one, one aspect, well, one person, something, what would you point it at first? Well, here's the thing. I'm not gonna point a finger at one guy or one aspect. I'm gonna point a finger at I'll say the whole offensive unit, including the coaching. Um, I think on offense there's a combination of a few different things. Um, one, running the ball is our bread and butter. And it's not that we got away from it because I'm kind of tired of people saying, you know, we only ran it a few times, but yeah, we ran it eight times for 11 yards. It's obviously not working. They're stacking the box. Every time we come out in a run, look, we're putting in uh, 12, 13 personnel with two or three tight ends. Yeah. We're going to run. And it, it didn't work out when they were putting eight or nine guys in the box. So no, you can't keep running it. You can't run Nick Chubb into a brick wall. Every play, it doesn't work. So we then we had you to know, he would run through a brick wall. I would too. For he him. might, he anyway. might. Actually, Hunt was had a couple of good runs when he was in, but um, yeah. So then we had to throw the ball, and then that's a whole nother thing because you've got play calling that's not great. You've got some some guys not schemed to get open very well, and we have some receivers who don't get open, and we have our only 
good pass catcher as a tight end and uh, a quarterback who's hurt and not playing his best football. So a combination of all those is what I would say. Uh, I know you texted me, you're like, oh, we got to get Baker out of town after one play. Uh, Yeah, it was a bad play. It was a bad play. But I'll tell you what, I looked at the Minnesota game. Baker was missing guys that were wide open. In the Detroit game, he missed some guys that were wide open. In this game, nobody was open at all. And when they were open, especially on that last drive, they dropped the ball. So I'm not going to completely put this on him because there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, we really need to take a deep dive into some of the weapons we thought we had and maybe some of the scheme. I don't know if it's just they're running bad routes or um, the play design doesn't work against some of the defenses we're seeing. But um, there's a lot of things wrong with the passing game right now. Yeah, you're right. You know, maybe I text you a little bit of frustration um, at that because it obviously was a tough night. But, um, you know, Anthony Schwartz, why did we draft him? He does nothing. He has not done a damn thing this season. Got Baker hurt. Got Baker hurt. Almost got himself hurt. He got himself hurt. Uh, I mean, he does nothing. I mean, he's fast. Great. So is almost every player in the NFL. Uh, You know, I. He's not Tyreek Hill out there, obviously. So I don't know what he does to. And he was a third round pick, which pisses me off. We could have grabbed, grabbed, a, grabbed another linebacker, which would have helped tremendously or something. I don't know. Um, maybe another swing tackle, because obviously we have no, uh, outside of our starting offensive line, we have no depth at all. Um, uh, I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, you know, I mean, he makes some plays here and there, but he can't stay on the field. Best ability is availability. Jarvis Landry is a wide receiver two at best. You know, I'm not trying to be picky at him. I'm just saying he's not a number one guy, you know. Um, so you have to rely on three tight ends. Uh, one of them got hurt. The other one can't catch a cold in the middle of winter. And Njoku is a good athlete, can make some plays, but has some unreliable hands as well. So, I don't know. He's not Travis Kelsey. He's not. And the running game, you know, I don't. The one thing I don't understand, and this comes back to coaching here, I, it's the final drive, and you have, you don't have Nick Chubb on the field, okay, but you don't have Kareem Hunt on the field. You put Dearness Johnson out there, like why? Nothing against Dearness, but I, why? I don't because oh, I'm sorry, Kareem Hunt's leg was tight. Are you shitting me? Everybody's legs are tight in the end of a four quarter game in the middle of November and 30 degrees. You know what I mean? I that's just a lame excuse. Uh, I'm getting tired of listening to Stefanski's press conferences. You know, it's just the same shit every week. It's just, I got to coach better. Well, when's it going to happen, buddy? You know, I mean, are you going to give the play call to Van Pelt? Are you going to start getting better yourself? Obviously, we can't even manage our own team because somehow we trot out 12 men on a special teams, get bailed out by the fact that the referee said, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We got to let you adjust. Then they don't adjust. Then there's a timeout called by the Browns, and then they come off the timeout with 12 fucking players on the field. Are you shitting me? Like, how the hell does that happen? You know, I, I, I that doesn't make any sense to me. But, excuse my language, I apologize. But it, it, that's just idiotic. That can't happen in week 12 of an NFL season. Week one, okay. I mean, I don't like it still because it's the NFL, but I guess it's acceptable. But come on, you know. <sighs> just deflating because this team has so much out. I mean, as bad as they've looked, we're still a six and 16 
We're 500, and we're still in the playoff hunt. But there are some games that we need to, to – like, these are now two divisional games we should have won. And when are they going to beat the big dogs? We can beat the teams we should beat, the Lions, the Texans, the Bears. Oh, my. Huh? Oh, my. Yeah, yeah, yeah funny. Huh? But when are we going to beat the divisional team? Like, uh, outside of the Bengals, because somehow we have the Bengals number. But when are we going to beat – the big dogs, you know, the, the, the teams that have established themselves, you know, and that just shows we haven't established ourselves yet. We had a good season, but we haven't established ourselves yet. You know, right. relying and on talent. With the, like with the Steelers, I'm not scared of them anymore. We've seen, no. we know how to beat them. I think. Oh my God. that it's game! The, was, oh. It's the Ravens that scare the crap out of me every time we play them. Cause I see, obviously we had, we had Lamar's number a little bit. We, we had a good game plan and to your point, Koromoa seems to be that guy as far as yep. the one guy you can just spy him on Lamar the whole game. Do you see the the play where uh, he fake blitzed? He started like he ran towards the center, and then as Lamar dropped back, um, he started like like juking out the center. And yep. then his his whole thing was he wasn't going to blitz. He was just watching Lamar's eyes the whole time. Dude's yep. incredible, incredible athlete. Yes. Um, yeah, but I mean, just the matchup against Baltimore scares me the most because they they can do so many things and their defense is good. Oh yeah, uh, that defense. I mean, tell you what, they, they Patrick Queen. I mean, hell, that was their. They didn't even have Calais Campbell on the field. Imagine when he got his big askets on the field. I mean, it's it's insane what they got. But damn it, that football team, Baltimore's offense. They're the same team again. It's a team that cannot throw the ball. It has to rely on a, on a run game. Lamar making some ridiculous throws that somehow get like that one touchdown they have. Are you kidding me with a Mark Andrews? I, I don't even, I can't even get mad at Ronnie Harrison because that's, that shouldn't happen, you know? And then the bullshit touchdown that he threw, you know, I don't know, but the defense played a hell of a game. And now that what concerns me because now the defense has not shown any consistency this year. I feel like in a couple weeks, even though we're going to have a bye week to prepare, they're going to go out there and lay an egg on defense because Baltimore is going to have the game plan. Cause what else can you run? I mean, that was the game plan for the Ravens and we showed our cards. So, you know, somehow they're going to find a way to scheme up against that. Um, so we're gonna have to hope the offense can pick it up during the break. Maybe Baker gets a week off, gets that shoulder a little bit better. I don't know, but man, it's just been, it, it, it's tough. Uh, that's a game we should have won. Um, Cause they played well enough to do it despite some of the offensive ineptities. I mean, that defense, Miles Garrett played like a defensive player of the year. I've been a little critical of him. He played like a defensive player of the year. Would make it, had, some, had a sack on Lamar Jackson. That's impressive enough. Like a pocket sack on him. And then just some batted balls and just getting pressure in his face. It was a great game. He kept, he kept up with Lamar when he wanted to go around the corner. He stopped him from getting a first down, which is incredible yeah. that, you know, he's, he's probably 80 pounds heavier than him. Clowney had a good game. Yeah, actually, Clowney's been solid this season. He really has. I, I'm signing. If I'm Andrew Barry, I'm looking at signing him right now. He's the perfect complement to Miles Garrett, in my opinion. Oramoa played well. I mean, uh, he was he was my star of the day. Even though Garrett, I just said played a really good game. Cormo was my star. I mean, I think, even the other linebackers. Taki Taki had a good game. And I mean, I couldn't believe this when I saw it, but with like the the Pro Football Focus rankings. Um, Mac Wilson's like a top 12 linebacker in the whole league and like Taki Taki's up there and Malcolm Smith can play. And I think uh, another one is Delpit starting to come into his own a little bit. Um, and then Newsom, I think he's, he's very good. Yeah. 
And Denzel yeah. Ward obviously has yeah. shown that when he's healthy, he can make plays. I mean, and John Johnson had his first intercept. Well, no, second one, excuse me. But, you know, he had a nice play there, too, on, on Mark Andrews. I mean, they, they had a great game. I just want to see more consistency. I want to see it again, you know, because they've had too many instances where we go, great game week, one week, shit game next week, average, good. It, it goes from good, average, good shit, average, good shit, average. That's what it's been. You know, I want to see good, good, good. Once in a while, you get a shit, and then you get more goods in there. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. So that's all I, all I can do is cross my fingers and, and hope they get a win in a couple of weeks here. They're on a bye this week. So get a chance to get rested up a little bit and, and try to get a stretch run. You know, we're still in it. Got to, I don't know. We're going to we'll keep finding ways. Got to beat the teams got to beat. So let's, let's run through the week here real quick. Uh, it felt weird that it, I, I kept forgetting that we had Thanksgiving, you know, and we had to, you know, wanted me i wanted to gouge my eyes out watching the bears and lions uh to start out because that's when i eat thanksgiving yes. i'm outside the family we do a, like a, a thanksgiving lunch and right. shit in the background i have to listen to joe buck first of all that's that's terrible enough but then you have to listen to him talk about andy dalton versus jared goff in a football game oh it's just terrible bears get a game-winning field goal because the lions had to call back-to-back timeouts and got a penalty because of it and that's a new one for me i don't understand that rule I actually that that hurt. I've heard of that. I don't I don't like the rule though. I mean, if you have to call two timeouts in a row, that's bad coaching, not bad just understanding. You should have figured it out after the first one. Yeah, but why do you penalize a team for using timeouts that the league gives them? You know what I mean? I don't know, but which they would do that in the NBA too. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, didn't like that. But at the end of the day, they didn't follow the rules. Uh, the Raiders, damn it, got a win over the Cowboys. I was pulling for Dallas. We need the Raiders to lose and help for hopes of a wild card chase and all that, but the Raiders got they'll a big choke. win. Don't worry. They'll choke in the, in the coming weeks. Got to play the Raiders. You know what I mean? I mean, you still got to play them and I don't know, but we'll see. Bills beat the shit out of the Saints. Saints might be starting to taste some hill now. Um, they are. I'm starting them for fantasy for sure. I mean, he's getting paid a shitload of money. Uh, I mean, they better play him, you know, um, but the Bills get a big win, seven and four. Big Monday night clash coming up. Bills Patriots in Buffalo. Oh man, you know that's going to be interesting. Uh, as we said, the Ravens beat the Browns. The Bengals steamrolled the Steelers. I watched that game. That was not even close from the start. I was shocked. I was expecting Pittsburgh to keep it close. You know they played them already. It's going to be a close four quarter game. Oh, that game was over at halftime. Unbelievable. Bengals are are my Bengals might have a team. I mean it's a. Joe Mixon is coming into his own. Joe Burrow's a real deal. The defense can make some plays when they need to. Big Ben stinks. Oh, my God. Big Ben stinks. Worst quarterback in the division by far. I, I, you think I'm critical of Baker? No, Big Ben's the worst quarterback in the division. That's by not far. saying much. Well, I mean, he can't even throw a ball 20 yards. You know, I, he can't. But consistently, at least. I don't know. Uh, the Jets – Beat the Texans. Uh, who gives a crap about that game? I don't know. The, the Jets got to win. Buccaneers, Colts. That was a good one. Colts had a, Colts. Yeah, they had that kick return at the very end. They gave themselves a shot, but you know Carson Wentz did what he does and just couldn't make a play. Uh, Bucks get a win. Leonard Fournette four touchdowns. He was on my fantasy team. Uh, hell of a game there. Uh, the thing I saw about that one uh, was that well, I know Indy was up ten or so. Uh, and then there's that big Winfield interception that kind of brought Tampa back. And then it got to the point where uh, Indy was down seven, I think, with like 10 minutes left or something. 
And you, you think like, all right, it's time to start throwing the ball or whatever. But they went back to just giving it to Jonathan Taylor and he took them all the way down the field and scored. So usually it's like when you're down and there's not a lot of time left, you you have to start throwing. You have to abandon, abandon the run a little bit. Jonathan Taylor is so good. You don't even have to do that. He can just take you down the field. He's so insane. he definitely. I, yeah. I said a couple weeks ago, he's my MVP and he, he may not win it because it's rigged against players. Not, not a quarterback. It is. Come on. It is. Dude. Who, who ended up winning the game? I understand. Leonard Fournette did in all fairness, but um, four touchdowns. The man had four he, touchdowns. He took them down the field on that last drive. He kind of did. He really kind of did. From 25 yards, but uh, Leonard Fournette really was the key to that game in that defense creating some turnovers. Um, I mean, Brady's Brady. I'm not saying Brady didn't do anything. I'm just saying I felt more impact from the defense and Fournette that game than Brady. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's insane. I mean, the dude, I don't know why they don't run him more. They kind of screw around and give Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines looks like, no. Like, that's what pisses me off about the Browns, too, especially when Hunt was out. Like, just – Feed the feed the chubster, you know what I mean? You got to give the man the ball. Feed JT if you're the Colts. But anyway, Brady still owns Indy. Uh, the Falcons get a win over the Jaguars, keeping their playoff or wild card hopes alive. Jacksonville, I, yeah. Well, let's take a look at Trevor Lawrence real quick. Trevor Lawrence, 23 of 42, 228, one touchdown, one pick. You know, rookie game. Rookie game, exactly. Not a number one pick game, rookie game. Oh. Um, anyway, Dolphins beat the shit out of the Panthers. Cam Newton stinks. Uh, sorry, hey, Chad, if you're listening, buddy, Cam Newton blows. He had one good game against the Cardinals. Cam Newton cannot play football anymore. He's washed. Dolphins have won four in a row. They're right back in the wild card picture. No, they're not. Terrible. Uh, they're uh, a bad team. Uh, you say I that. I don't care what you're saying right now. You say that. They've beaten. Hold on. Beat Baltimore. They beat, yeah, beat the it. Texans. They beat the Ravens, Jets, Panthers. They play the Giants and Jets coming up. They can easily be seven and seven. And then that AFC, that gives them a good look at the AFC wild card. And hell, they play the Saints, and the Saints kind of stink this year. The Titans, if they don't have any weapons, <laughs> Titans are beatable, and then they play the Patriots, but they probably won't beat New England. But they it's a home game. Never know. Maybe, maybe New England wins the division and just rests all their good players and they beat the Patriots. So shit, they could win out. I guess so, but then they'd be uh what they have seven wins now or six right yeah, now? five they're five and five. seven they went out they'll be the worst 10 win team in the in the nfl but they're in the playoffs the browns Maybe. would be too if they're a 10 win team they'll be the worst one in the playoffs but they're in i don't think so just saying dolphins are keep an eye out for the miami dolphins they're they're kind of they're chugging along there quietly uh patriots beat the shit out of the titans man god damn it bill belichick's up to his bullshit again he is. They're right back. They took one year off and they're right back. They drafted Tom Brady 2.0. Mac Jones is, is, is Mac Jones is literally I, I watch him and I see Tom Brady. Just the the accuracy, the command. I mean, he's only a rookie, so it's not hundred percent yet. But the command, you can see the presence, the leadership kind of is getting there. Um, they're they're a veteran filled team, you know. I, I those Patriots, man, if they get home field during the playoffs with Bill Belichick leading the way, man, that just watch New England goes to the Super Bowl. It, it could happen. It, can you imagine Brady versus Belichick in the Super Bowl? 
I was just thinking about that. The storylines, the headline. Oh my God, that'd be insane. You thought the you thought they they busted out Adele for a Sunday night football game in the middle of the regular season. Imagine she's gonna have to come in like freaking uh what's his name? The, the the one dude with the Raiders, like the magician that had to come in from the top of the Chris Angel. Chris Angel. She's gonna she's gonna have to Chris Angel into uh, was it LA this year? Yeah, so. even though that stadium, by the way, is poorly designed because they have to stop everything if it starts raining or it gets a little windy. Because whoever the shit built that, I don't know, they're gonna have to come in sideways. Not very good engineers that designed it. No, no, they're gonna need Justin to go out there and redesign it for them. I am living in a damn LA. It's nice weather out there, except for all the earthquakes, but you know, 80% tax. <laughs> anyway. Um, let's keep going here. The Giants and Eagles. God, what a boring game that was. But the Giants, I thought the Eagles were actually coming along and, and going to give the nip at the Cowboys heels, but I don't know anymore. If you're going to let the Giants, if you're going to let the Giants beat you, I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, the Broncos, actually, Broncos commandingly beat the Chargers 28 to 13. Uh, that, that Denver defense going to carry them. That's, that's their peak is that defense playing really well. That's it. If they can, they have no offense. I mean, they really don't. Teddy Bridgewater, eh, you know. He's hurt, by the way. I think uh, Drew Locke might start. Okay. Well, that's even worse. But Broncos, they're they're fighting in there with the Chargers and the Raiders and whatnot. Uh, Chiefs are starting to pull away, though. Um, So we'll see. Packers get an eight-point win over the Rams. Odell Beckham finally made a play for the first time in seems like four years. Uh, Scored a touchdown, but it wasn't enough. Packers, Aaron Rodgers on nine toes, you know, just juking out Jalen Ramsey, putting them on a poster. Um, Packers are now nine and three, and then 49ers beat the Vikings because Kirk Cousin, Kirk Cousins, like to you know just stick his hands up at the wrong dude's butt, you know, and, and it cost him a timeout, and then they couldn't get the right playoff and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, way to go, Kirk. Uh, any comments there, Justin? Big Kirk Cousins guy, what, what happened there? Uh, what, what was it a trick play or what was going on there? Urban Meyer. I don't. That might have been the call. It was Urban Meyer. They're just they're just trying to confuse the defense. There you go. And in fact, they confuse themselves. But on, <laughs> on a serious note, Kirk Cousins is having a pretty good year if you look at some of the numbers. But it's not translating into wins, so you don't really care. Whatever. Hey, excuse me. Um, I like winning football teams. You know, I, I just. Vikings ain't winning. They just ain't. And they, there's too much talent on that team. Jefferson and Thielen with Dalvin Cook when he's healthy. But hope he's doing well. Uh, Mattinson, too, is a competent backup. And that defense has some pieces. I don't understand why they don't win more football games. You know, I'm not expecting them to beat Aaron Rodgers in the division race. But come on, wild card. They should be up there with the Ram- with the Rams right now. It's a clear-cut wild card team. But they're just screwing around. I don't know what their problem is. 49ers, by the way, red hot right now. They've won like five of the last six. And they're they're cruising along getting healthy too, which is a big thing for them. They might make some noise in the NFC. And then Monday night football on Russell Wilson's birthday, Washington gets a win 17, 15. Um, and just like that, Washington's kind of creeping around in the NFC race as well. Seahawks are dead. Russell Wilson needs to get out of there. And uh, that's it. Cardinals and chiefs run by. So well, interesting week again. And uh, next week, just looking ahead, some games to look out for maybe. I don't know. Chargers, Bengals. That would be a decent one. Um, Cowboys, Saints are tomorrow night's Thursday night game. Uh, a lot of COVID going around in Dallas right now. No Mike McCarthy. So I think Ben McAdoo is going to be calling plays. Oh, boy. Ooh. Ooh. Gates. Well, uh, Omnicron's out there. 
Um, uh, 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 oh, Jags and Rams. You excited for that one? Nope. Okay. Ravens Steelers. That'll be a good one. Low scoring, physical, big time Maybe. game in Pittsburgh. Maybe uh, you'd expect it to be, but sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Uh, Sunday night football, Broncos Chiefs. Uh, Broncos have had some. They haven't beaten the Chiefs in a while, but they they kept it close lately in recent years with the Chiefs. That'd be interesting. Uh, and then at the game to watch is Monday Night Football. Patriots Bills. Come on, give me that. I, I want to watch that game. I'll keep my eye out for that. Uh, Browns Packers Panthers Titans all on by next week. So, all right. Thank God we don't have to watch Cam Newton again. God, he is terrible. Jesus Christ. I mean, Chad, I, Chad, if you're listening to this, I, you know, I know you're excited that he's back in the league, but he shouldn't be back in the league. You know, I, he just, he, it can't happen. Man, did, did he get COVID again? Is that why he's so bad? I don't understand. Maybe, maybe, maybe all Omicron's out there in his body. I don't know, but he's, he's Jesus, he stinks. God. When you get benched for PJ Walker, there's a problem. Well, so. When he said, I'm back, and then got a penalty, unfortunately, for all that. Um, did he whisper after that back to – do you say back to 2020, Cam? So that's what it seems like. Looking like that. Not, not pretty. Um, they got one week of game film on him and figured him out. Yeah, one trick pony there. So, uh, and then I don't know, Christian McCaffrey, who, I, again, don't like to see people get hurt, but not shocked that he's hurt again. He's out for the year. Put on the IR. Um just he's their offense. Christian McCaffrey is literally the Carolina offense. If he's not on the field, that team sucks. If he's on the field, they're they're pretty decent because he's just that dynamic of a player. So, but anyway, uh, might as well wrap things up. I had a segment ready, but I think without Chad, it's just not the same. Now I'll save it for next time. Um, it was a little legend or not, but it's just not the same without old Chatty Rich here. So we'll finish it up on the hardwood. A couple things to highlight about basketball. Ch- uh, Justin, have you uh, been keeping your eye on the Cavs? They beat the shit out of the Mavericks the other night. Right now, they're actually doing pretty well. Let me check the score. 94 to 75, five minutes to go. The Cavs up 19 on the heat. At Miami, right? At Miami. The last time we beat Miami. Yeah, 11 years In Miami. Ago. Yeah, I, LeBron never beat him when he was here the second stint around. In Miami. So, I, crazy. hey. Culture's You're exactly right, to be honest. And I, I, I'll i be the first one to admit I was uh, not critical, but, like, I wasn't expecting a lot. I'm still not as far as, like, playoffs and things like that. But there definitely – there's a team here. There's those young guys. Uh, unfortunately, Sexton is out for the year now. Um, but, like, Garland, he's a baller. He's a bucket. Oh, he's a and then stud. Mobley, probably rookie of the year if he – comes back and is playing well like he's he playing right now he's getting back to the flow of things so he's not been electric but he's he, he, hell his worst game he had his worst game the other night i think it was phoenix or something and he still had i think a double double you know what i mean it, it just the, the raw talents there you just got to keep continuing to craft them you know yeah there's some dudes on that team oh man i look jared allen first of all the fro i love hmm. I, I like verajal we had the wild thing i love call him the fro I love Jared Allen. He's he can run the floor like anybody. He's like a guard out there running up and down the floor. Big time alley oops. Darius Garland can create his own shot now. I mean, he's really looking like a promising. Like he's the centerpiece of that team. I would start building around a little bit. Uh, Mobley is is looking good, and I've been pleased with. Knock on wood, I've been pleased with Kevin Love. You know, I wish he wasn't getting paid so much money. 
because that's just a black eye on it. But really, this season, he's been a good veteran presence. He needs some buckets, comes off the bench, makes plays. You know, I, I've been pleased with him. He's so far, other than COVID, which I can't get mad at him because everybody's been getting COVID late. LeBron just got COVID. Um, outside of that, he's been healthy. You know, uh, Lori Markinen's had a nice season with us. You know, another big guy, who, big athletic wing, you know, seven footer out there, you know. Yeah. And then, and, and everybody was like, when we signed him, uh, or did we trade? For, I think we traded for him, right? No, he, he oh, yeah, we, we did. Because he, he was part of yeah. the Larry Nance deal. Yeah. Right. Because when we got him, everybody was like, all right, why did we bring in another, another seven footer? This doesn't make any sense. But he's actually, he's a pretty good player when he's out there. He's an athletic seven footer, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, Chetty Osman, it looks like a guy that I could see possibly get thrown into the three-point contest during the All-Star break. He's been shooting above 40% all year. Um, he, he's had a nice, confident shot all year long. Uh, I love Ricky Rubio. My dad, who doesn't watch a lot of NBA basketball, has actually been carving out time to watch Cavs basketball. I mean, he loves Ricky Rubio. Um, he's been a great professional. That's what I would say. Didn't want to really be here at the beginning, but he's come in. He's brought some leadership, some experience. He's mentoring, I think, those young guys. And he's been playing really well. Yeah, and I, I'm a big fan of playmakers, guys that pass the ball are unselfish, get a lot of assists. So uh, he he's a guy I haven't really watched too much in his career until now, but um, can definitely respect his game. He's, and yep. he's, he's scoring a lot, too, for and even that stretch with the Cavs where they, I think they lost like seven of eight or something. You watch them or I didn't, I didn't watch, but like you could just hear about them. And even though they were losing, they were close in games. They were giving teams at the top of the Eastern conference, a bunch of issues, you know, and they were just competing. And, and I, I like that, you know, because it shows that there's a culture there of we're going to play our ass off every night. And we're, even if we lose, we're going to give them everything we got. It's going to be a four-quarter game. And I love it, you know. I mean, Kevin Love right now, it's 103 to 76. Kevin Love's got 22 points. Jared Allen with 19 and 11. Mobley has 17 and 11. Garland with 16 and 7. Okoro has come back. He has 10 points. I mean, it, Ricky Rubio, 6, 5, and 6. I love those kind of stat lines. It just shows he's doing a little bit of everything. It, it's fun, you know. And, and that's what I just want to see – and I was wrong to maybe be critical of them. They're fun to watch, you know, and they're fun for as much as we love the, the team with LeBron and everything, especially like the 2018 LeBron team where he kind of just took some guys to the finals. Um, that was LeBron ball the whole game. It was ISO. Uh, he's going to make his own shot, whatever. When they double him, he'll kick it out finally. And somebody will make a three or whatever. Um, as much as that, that brought success because it was LeBron, that's not as fun to watch basketball wise as uh, what we see now and that what we see now it reminds me of like Spurs type ball movement or like just the way college basketball is played different it's just a different way it's less ISO it's more um, passing and team oriented ball which I'm a fan of yeah they're unselfish they move the ball they love playing with each other it looks like there's like that family feel to them you know and and, uh, what else can you expect from them you know they don't have like, obviously, they don't have a premier name. They don't have a LeBron. They don't have a, a Kevin Durant, a James Harden, or anybody. But they got a team who just plays well together. I think they're pretty well coached, both sides of the floor. I think Bickerstaff's done a nice job so far. Um, and just they got to keep playing hard. Now, granted, I'm not going to try and take anything away from their, their tonight. But the Heat are without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. But 
There's still a 27-point lead. What else can you – I still think it'd be a good game, even with those yeah. two te- those guys in there. Take a win when you get it. Yeah. So they're fun to watch, and maybe I'll go try and catch a game this this season because it's been years since I've been to a Cavs game. Last time I was there, I think LeBron – year after LeBron won us a championship, 2017 was the last time I went to a game. So, yeah, they're they're fun to watch. They really are. And I'm giving them a lot of credit. They've they've worked their ass off so far, and I hope that keeps up. And I hope they can stay healthy. They've they've gone through an injury rut. They're getting healthy again. Let's hopefully they can get, you know, hopefully no more major injuries. You know, so. And then to wrap things up here, Justin, I know you had your eye on it. I I believe, if I'm assuming correctly, Ohio State last night. After that brutal weekend that we had to watch, they kind of salvaged something for us and got a five-point win at home over the number one team in the country, the Duke Blue Devils. What a game. Yeah, I mean, you were watching it. I was more – I was just checking the score or whatever. But uh, I've been watching Ohio State. Um, They they played Florida. I watched pretty much that whole game. Um, Kyle Young, unfortunately, fouled out in that game, and uh, some things happened down the stretch. Actually – Florida made a buzzer beater to win, but they definitely, they play well. Uh, this is a, it's a, not necessarily a younger team, but definitely new faces. A lot of them, uh, obviously you still got Liddell there, but some different guys came in. I know uh, Joey Brunk, this dude I'd never heard of was like a transfer guy. He started against Florida. He was pretty good. Obviously Kyle Young, he's a senior now. And then you got some transfers, Jamari Wheeler, uh, some other guys. So just, I think they're finding their bearings a little bit, but uh, that's a huge win. I mean, when I was looking at the schedule, there's some some back-to-back tough games, and then you get Duke in there, and uh, was not expecting a win, but hey, we'll take it. Yeah, I mean, it really was. And, you know, um, EJ Liddell is the dude. I mean, he really is something. He had 14, 14, and 6 yesterday, and EJ Liddell, you, you watch him play, and he just – it's so smooth and under control at all times, even when they're double teaming him. It just, you know, you just get this feeling like everything's going to be all right with EJ with the ball. You know, he can make any shot. He's a three-level scorer, can score inside, has a great mid-range game. I mean, the mid-range is the forgotten art of basketball. It's something that teams don't coach to defend. And he just, he that's his bread and butter. And that's great. It's a matchup nightmare, you know. Um, and he has a nice three-point ball as well. Zed Key had a great game. He led the way, actually, 20 points. Yeah, yeah. You know, that big body in there, that's that's tough to guard. You know, the, the, the only thing with Ohio State, and it's just because, I don't know if it's because they're young or they're just trying to find their groove. Their guards are not great. You know, Jamari Wheeler is not a scorer. He's a defender. You know, and Malachi Brown, who actually I'm, I'm high on. I, I, he's a young guy, freshman, I believe. Uh, I think he'll get he'll continue to get better and better. He has great length for a guard. You know, I think that's going to be something that will be an issue moving down the line for teams to guard. Um, you know, Michi Johnson, a little ball energy, but again, not great. So, so their backcourt is going to be something that teams are eventually going to make. They're going to have to make plays in order to win some of those tough games. And um, so I'm just hoping they'll continue to get better. But yeah, that was a great win. Uh, a much needed win, get that bad taste of losing at the buzzer out of their mouth. And, you know, that can hopefully propel them into the start. Of, they actually started Big Ten play on Sunday. They play Penn State. That's interesting. So, Wheeler's old team. Yeah, Wheeler's old team. So at Penn State. So let's uh, hope for the best uh, for Duke, though. Uh, Mr. Seven Pounds of Sweat got 14 points. How do you say his name? Paolo Banchero? Banchero, yeah. 
Seven how pounds long? of sweat. Yeah, I don't think that's normal. That is not and, normal. And that might not even be true, but that's that's crazy. I thought I sweat a lot. Seven pounds of sweat. Maybe I wish I, I honestly I wish I could do that. Maybe a pound or two. I know I'll say this, and this is different conditions, obviously. Um like NASCAR drivers will lose like seven pounds or 10 pounds or whatever. Cause it's very hot in those oh. cars um, and things like that. But I don't know if that's accurate at all, <laughs> but that's crazy I, if that's true. And I'm not sure if he's uh, hydrated. I'm no doctor, but that's. Well, that, they that were the showing case. on ESPN. They were talking about like, he has to drink a special kind of like high electrolyte or like somehow like that's ionized self. water, something that, gives them like extra hydration in a legal way um, to, during games and before games. Like he has to get like, they do a bunch of yoga and stretching with him individually. And it's weird, but you know, that, that, that's an issue that I think, I don't know if it's genetically, but that's going to be an issue for him because the, the grind, like, especially think about this, like during the regular season, they can deal with it, you know, because they'll have time off and they can hydrate the guy, but think about tournaments like ACC tournaments and big, because they'll, they'll probably make the NCAA tournament, you know, those back-to-back games, you know, and if he's not hydrated or he's doing that in one game and they have to turn around the next day and play another one, you know, that's going to be tough if this is a reoccurring issue. Right. Know? And then also if it is reoccurring, what does that do to NBA GMs? I look in the draft him. Right. That's, I mean, that's, cause another, that's another thing. As much talent as he has, I mean, if, and it's not really his fault. I'm not saying, no. you know, he's doing anything wrong. It's just what his body's doing, you know? So it's kind of like an injury in its own way. So instead of injury prone, he's just sweat prone. That's a new one. But um, anyway, long story short, Buckeyes with a big win. They'll be back in action Sunday playing Penn State. So, well, like I said, we're going to skip the segment because our boy, our buddy Chad's not here. Um, anything else we missed that was big news? It's been a couple of weeks, so maybe I missed something. Um, actually, yesterday I watched uh, Tiger Woods' first conference, first press conference and he, since he was in that crash uh, almost a year ago at this point. I think it was like January or February. Um, obviously, just good to see him uh, there talking and everything, but Obviously, they asked about the crash and whether he thinks he'll play again and things like that. Did you see any of that? I I did not watch the press conference, but I did see on TikTok there was like one of those like sad TikTok things, sad background music, and the reporter asked him, "Did amputation ever come up?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, that was a possibility." So I was yeah. like, "Whoa, geez." Yeah, he uh, for sure. He definitely said that leg will never be what it was before. And even since he's been playing, since he finally could walk, he was in, he was laid down in the hospital for three months before he could walk. Um, they had to, he was inside basically that whole time. So they had to wheel him in a wheelchair to get outside even. Um, so he, I mean, he had a really tough time with that. And once he started playing again, he noticed obviously, and he looked pretty jacked as far as like upper body because he couldn't work out his lower body with with the leg and everything but he's like uh, everybody at the gym yes pretty much uh, <laughs> but he, he said I, I noticed the ball is going a lot shorter than it was before and it's because there's not as much power he can't produce as much power and torque mostly because uh 
I mean, already hindered because of the back and the knee, but now with the whole, the leg itself. So he said, um, never, he's never going to play tour like he was again. Um, he said he might be able to play a couple events a year, hopefully, um, which it, it's hurt. It hurts to hear as a fan and everything who's um, gotten into the game partially because of tiger and um, he makes it a lot more interesting whenever he's playing and things like that. But that's, that's what his body is telling him. And that's, that's what's best for him. So um, I hope people definitely cherish it more now. Makes that one masters run in 20, was it 18? 19, I think. Something like that. Yeah. That was a, I, I watched that final round, man. That was, that was something special. Yeah. You don't see that too often in golf. You know, that, that's, that's one of those iconic things about golf that I, I can appreciate. So, yeah. So yeah, Tiger Woods, you know, just hope for his health. I'm not even worried about like his career, just hopefully the man can walk and, and be healthy, you know, cause he has kids and he's married. So that's most important. So, well, there's no boxing. We don't talk about hockey. Any soccer news? Anything? Uh, oh, Messi. I was telling you the other day, Messi won his seventh Ballon d'Or, which is the, the award given for a best player in the world every year. Seven is an all-time record. Uh, Ronaldo has six. So I think they were tied at six before. Um, I think that's it for soccer. Um, I think of anything else. Can't think of anything else either. Right, and that's probably a good play. Any, any shout outs before we, we, we part ways? Um, not really. I'll just shout out Chad real quick. Hopefully, hopefully shout, shout and he can, he'll join us next time. Just something came up. He couldn't join us. And we wanted to get something out here because I'm going to be out of town this weekend. I'll be out in the Big Apple this weekend. So, uh, looking forward to that. Leaving tomorrow morning. So, or today, I guess, is what we'll be listening today. So, hopefully, whoever listens to us still, I don't know. Um, so, well, hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. It's Christmas time, so you can, in my opinion now, you can start listening to Christmas music. I think it's now seasonally appropriate. I know Justin doesn't like Christmas music because he's just a stooge, but, or Scrooge, excuse me. Come he's on, Scrooge. You, you cannot tell me you sit there and listen to that for fun, for enjoyment. I, it, there's a nostalgic background atmosphere that it brings to the environment of early December. Dude, like if I'm doing some homework, like, listen to it like five days before, like the 20th to the 25th is when you can listen to Christmas music and be like, all right, I'm in the mood for Christmas. But every radio station is playing it. Uh, our, our dining hall is playing it 24 seven, whenever it's open. I'm good on that. Okay. Put your headphones in and listen to your contemporary country or whatever Spotify rap for you this 2021. Yeah. Again, by the way, that's pissing me off. Yeah, as much as Spotify. Look, I listen to my, I watch my Spotify rap thing or whatever it was. It's it's cool, but I don't need to see every single person I follow on Snapchat or Instagram's goddamn Spotify. I don't give a shit what you listen to. Tyler, the creator, great. Luke Combs, awesome. Morgan Wallen, when he's not being racist, awesome. You know, I, I, who cares? I don't say that for your own time. Save it for people who would care. Make a private story and put people that you think would care on it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's probably, there's definitely less than 10 people that I care at all what they're listening to. So, yeah. And some of, some of like my closest friends, I already know what they listen to. So, like, yeah. hey, you know what? 
you know, we'll introduce it next time, but might as well just wrap it up here. What was your, um, like, who are your top five artists? Look that up real quick. I know Morgan Wallen was, in fact, number one. Uh, I know you sent yours in the chat, but I didn't look at it because I wanted to be surprised when we talk about uh-huh. it. So, um, yeah, mine goes Morgan Wallen at one, Drake at two, Luke Bryan. I don't know why Luke Bryan. I, I don't even like him that much. He, somehow he's number three, probably because I put his whole album on my thing. Chris Stapleton. I love Chris Stapleton. Oh, great singer. Number four. And then Luke Holmes at five. Um, so, who are yours? Be, I think you'll be surprised. I'm trying to find it on the, the slideshow thing they make. Real quick, my podcast top four. I have the Pat McAfee show as uh, my number one. Joe Rogan, love big, love Joe. Uh, number two, of course, I, I listen to our show. Uh, you know, he's, oh, that's my number three. And then I've listened. I don't listen a lot. I only listen a couple times. But conspiracy theories by Parcast Network. Right? Once in a while, it's <laughs> nice to listen to a good conspiracy theory. Never mind. All right, where do I where do I find my top five? There's like usually it's at the very end, okay, or near the end, something like that. Probably more. You're you're a country guy, so it'll be like Morgan Wallen, Jason Aldean, Luke Combs. Podcast, don't care. You're not big. I don't know if you're a big rap guy still. I don't know if you have like a Drake or a definitely not Drake. I've I've seen it before. Kanye. Uh, My top artist was uh, was Morgan Wallen. I was in the top two percent of their listeners. I was top five. Okay. Next slide, maybe. By the way, if anybody's interested who's listening to the show, send us your Spotify. Send us your Spotify raps. Let's see what our listeners have been listening to. Hopefully, we're in your top three. Top. Well, hopefully, we're, we're your best podcast. You know, as always, hey, before this is we're not ending, but always find our previous episodes: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcasts, other podcast platforms. You know. Hopefully, we're one of your best podcasts on Spotify. All right. Here's, a, here's the interesting thing. Morgan Wallen is the only country guy in the top five. Whoa. And so, you're a country guy. Yes. I listen to, I would say the majority of what I listen to is country. But I do dabble in a little bit of everything. You know me. I like, I like some I, different I love genres. It too. Okay. So, I'm going to take a uh, – okay. So, uh, knowing you, I think there's a little – I think there's a pop thing in there. There's two. I think Maroon Five is in there. That's number five. That's a great okay. guess. I because you remind, and then I think Justin Timberlake's in there. Absolutely, that's number Absolutely two. Absolutely, he's in there. You know, I I, I you get know me so from. well. Yes, and then you got Morgan Wallen. Is there another country guy in there? No, there's. I'll tell you, there's. I, uh, I'm so stupid. You, you just said that. I'm such an idiot. I'm there's sorry. No, no, there's. Uh, you got number one. Obviously, it was Morgan Wallen. You got two. JT. You got five Maroon Five, so you got three and four. Uh, I won't say which one's which, but one is rap, one is rock and roll. Okay, uh, rap. I'm gonna go with Drake. Nope. Uh, Kanye. Nope. Lil Uzi. Nope. One more guess, and then I'll, you can tell me for the rap. Uh, okay. uh, I don't know. I, Doja Cat, I don't know. Forearm, not forearm. He's, I don't know. It's Eminem. Oh, Eminem. Ah, damn it. Okay. And, and then, then rock, rock and roll. roll. I'm gonna go Guns N' Roses. Nope. ACDC. Yep. Okay. So that's that's pretty solid. Four out of five. All right. I'll take that. 
I should have known Eminem. You're an Eminem guy. Mm-hmm. I've known that. All right. Solid. And I, I saw your podcaster too. McAfee, Joe Rogan. Our, our show. Um, yeah, another one. I'd recommend Theo Vaughn podcast. That dude's hilarious. Also, I'm going to start listening to Bussin' with the Boys, Taylor Lewan, and uh, Will Compton. It's a good show. I listened to that the other day, and it was actually pretty good. I'm going to listen to it again. So, all right. Well, send us your Spotify raps, like I said. We'll be interested. Or don't. We don't. I don't care. Well, Justin might not care, but I will, because, you know, I'm going to try and be a, a nice guy, you know. So, uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you for, for joining us. This has been our 49th episode. Next time will be 50. I cannot believe it. 50 episodes will be our, our next one. And we'll do something special. I don't know what we'll do. Right. Uh, but we're going to, you know, with 50 episodes, that means we're going to have to kind of do something different. So we'll maybe have some changes, some uh, some additions to our show, maybe a guest or two. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Um, but uh, for Chad, who's not here, he's still a big part of our show, but he's not here tonight. Uh, of course, for for Justin, <laughs> for Justin uh, and myself, Steve, thank you for, for tuning in. And we'll see you all next time. Take care. God bless. Wear that goddamn mask if you're inside. If you're outside, take it off. I won't because I won't curse this time. And uh, we'll see y'all next time. Peace out.